Hey everyone, this is Natalie Ivey. And in today's show, we have a continuation of the last one where I discussed the three levels to managing employee concerns and conflicts. Today, I'm gonna discuss the 12 steps and how to conduct an effective mediation meeting so you can learn how to resolve employee conflicts and especially those between employees and managers. Welcome to the HR Investigations Podcast, exploring the issues, challenges, strategies, and solutions. Sponsored by RPCHR and hosted by Natalie Ivey, an HR consultant, licensed PI, and author of the best-selling book, How to Conduct Internal Investigations, a Practical Guide for Human Resource Professionals. And now, here's Natalie. Hey, everybody. Welcome to today's show. Today, I'm excited to continue on the topic of resolving employee concerns, sometimes called departmental drama, and I'm going to discuss 12 steps involved in conducting a mediation meeting to help you improve your knowledge and skills in resolving employee conflicts. Now, mediation is a word that often comes to mind when we think of maybe a marital dispute or in HR, EEOC charges. I mean, those are often mediated to find a positive outcome to resolving things like a charge of discrimination or harassment. Now, in the day-to-day types of conflicts, the mediation meeting I'm referring to isn't going to be nearly as formal as those types of mediation meetings, but nevertheless, mediation meetings involving employees do need to have some structure to them if they are going to be effective. The first step in a mediation meeting, meaning where you are going to be sitting down together with, let's say, an employee. And in my last episode, I referred to an employee named Ryan and having a dispute with his boss and his name is Bob. The first step is to establish what I call rules of engagement. At the beginning of the meeting, so certainly you would have set a calendar invitation, invite both parties to the meeting. They would have understood ahead of time the purpose uh, to sit down. And I would also have met with each of them one-on-one, and they have mutually agreed that we are going to have a sit-down to talk about the issue. So you establish the rules of engagement at the beginning of the meeting, and all parties are going to give that vertical head nod that they agree that this is going to be conducted with mutual respect that certainly should be aligned with the organization's values, right? Let's say you have uh, an organization that values integrity, respect, honesty, things of that nature. I would certainly bring that into the discussion and that um, I would remind them also if you have anything like a respect in the workplace policy or a code of conduct and business ethics, that this is a conversation that will be conducted civilly. Then what you want to do is really clarify the goals of the meeting. All right, so let's say uh, we're working with this case with Ryan and his manager, Bob. Ryan really seems to think that Bob plays favorites with several other people in the department when it comes to handing out work assignments. And he just really thinks it's unfair. Um, So initially, Ryan maybe even felt that it was discriminatory. But after having a conversation with him, there was nothing there substantive to point to there would be any sort of discrimination based on protected characteristic under federal or state law. It's just simply a bit of favoritism that is showing up where there's a pattern that Ryan has noticed that Bob is just sort of handing out work assignments unevenly and that Ryan feels sort of left out and that the good assignments are being given to his coworkers on his team. All right, something like that. You want to clarify the goals of the meeting that, first of all, it's really repairing a relationship. Uh, There's been a bit of a fracture between uh, the two of them and that Ryan has some things that he really wants to share and Bob is going to agree as the manager to listen and then vice versa. 
So then when you move into step three in the mediation meeting, each person is then going to describe their view of the conflict and without any comments or snide remarks or eye rolls or interruptions from the other party. And that's why you have to establish those ground rules right at the beginning. That is a critical foundational step. If you don't do that, this could sneak away from you and have some behavior show up that you are really not wanting to show up. So you've got to get that done right from the beginning. Once each person describes their view of the conflict, all right, then this moves into the step number four. All right, this makes everybody really clear about what the actual disagreement is and how each party sees the conflict. This is an important part of it because sometimes um, when people come to the table, they have other preconceived notions um, about what they think this is about. And, you know, Bob may think that um, this is really about the work schedule when, quite frankly, that really isn't the issue that Ryan is upset about at all. Uh, you see, Bob may have a differing uh, perspective on the matter. So getting everybody on the same page is now focusing on the issue. I like to call it putting the problem on the other side of the fence so that everybody's looking at the problem candidly. All right. Now, in step number five, as an HR partner or if you are um, an employee relations uh, professional or an ethics officer, you should definitely intervene if, uh, let's say, uh, you've allowed the employee to share their side and then the supervisor interjects. You might want to then say, okay, Bob, Bob, I'm going to interject here. Now, we agreed at the beginning of this meeting that this would be conducted respectfully and giving both parties the opportunity to share. So, Bob, do I have your commitment that you will allow Ryan to have the floor here? Okay, so he's agreed. All right, great. So then you break eye contact with him and you go back and you look at Ryan and then you allow Ryan to continue. So then um, after you've had an opportunity to hear from Ryan, then you would allow the manager an opportunity. And you would do the same thing. If let's say Bob says something that Ryan really objects to and wants to jump in, you do the same thing. Look, Ryan, I'm going to interject here. Again, we agreed at the beginning of this meeting that this would be conducted respectfully and that each party would have the opportunity to share. Now, this is Bob's turn. If it gets out of hand, then you really do need to remind them of the company's code of conduct. And if it really escalated to the point where someone really did get out of line, then it may even be um, that it would shift into a suspension. Um, It's pretty rare, I think, that that would happen, but just be prepared. And you should have the authority level to invoke that, that if you had someone who behaved so outrageously and and their conduct was so egregious that it violated your code of business conduct and ethics, that you should have the ability at that juncture to say, okay, this conversation is over based on your conduct and your failure to follow direction. At this point, you're now being placed on an administrative suspension uh, without pay and take the ID badge. And there should already be an escort to, to walk the person out. But those would be some pretty extreme circumstances. Now, let's go back to step six. As an HR partner or employee relations professional, once you've obtained the information and you've listened to all sides here, you're then going to look for the common ground. And you're going to then help both parties decide how to settle them together. All right. So if it's a work assignment issue, then you would basically ask Ryan what he's willing to live with. And, you know, Bob may make the, um, you know, accommodation to say, uh, well, okay, well, maybe I haven't really been, um, you know, thinking this through and me not realizing that Ryan had certain interests in certain types of assignments. And now Bob has agreed that uh, he will be more cognizant of Ryan's interest in certain assignments going forward. All right. So something of that nature. 
And then you move on to number seven. In addition to the, the common ground, it's a matter of specific action steps, right? And you're then, you know, talking about that. And that, that shifts into number eight, where you're assigning that specifically. And you say, okay, so Ryan, you're going to agree to X, Y, Z. Um, you know, if Bob comes to you on a particular assignment, that you're also not going to push back. Uh, let's say one of the things that comes up in the discussion, Bob sort of got tired of going to Ryan and even asking him for certain types of assignments because he would get pushback all the time. So after a while, when you get that kind of pushback, the supervisor was starting to just really reach out to other members of the team. And so let's say that would be one thing that Ryan will have to work on that maybe an assignment isn't exactly a star assignment that he really, really wants, but he has to recognize that taking on certain assignments is a fundamental part of his job and not pushing back. And then again, action steps, Bob has to agree uh, as well that he'll be more cognizant in handing them out. In step number eight, when we look at the actions that each party is going to take, then you also are going to make sure that they just commit. Generally, what you're going to see at this point in the mediation discussion is tones will soften, body language won't be as rigid and uh, sort of squared and blocked off. Uh, you're going to see more open posture, and you might even have a little humor, and you might see that the mood in the room kind of lightens a little bit. All right. And then, um, you know, along the way, step number nine, uh, if it doesn't immediately move to where both parties recognize what needs to happen to resolve it, you can interject and say, well, what about if? Well, what do you think about? Like you could say to Bob, what do you think about with the next time that you have an assignment regarding, um, let's say, a sports event with the team? What do you think about allowing Ryan uh, the opportunity to be the lead on that? You see something like that. And then Ryan, well, what do you think about if your boss comes to you with an assignment that um, has to do with, uh, let's say, take our children to work day or, you know, something of this nature, right? I'm winging it here. All right. But the idea is you've got to really generate some suggestions to move the conversation along. And this is what a good mediator does. You're offering recommendations, but you're using phrases like, what about? You don't want to say, well, do you think you could do the XYZ, Bob? No, because you'll get a yes or a no response from Bob or Ryan. What you want to do is use open-ended questions. What do you think about and then present the suggestion? And then that elicits more of a response. You need to get the parties in the room talking. And you don't want them just crossing their arms and sitting there very sullenly and just grunting no or just not really being participa participative in the process. All right, then moving on to step number 10, when all parties do reach an agreement and then commit to making the changes that are needed, all right, great. You're then really acknowledging that there's been some really great work that's been done here and you're going to thank them. That's step 11. And then number 12 is documenting the outcome of the discussion. And when you're documenting the outcome, that's where each party has agreed to certain things. And then you want to memorialize that in an email back to both of them. Why? Because sometimes people can develop selective amnesia. And then they'll say, well, that's not what I agreed to. Well, oh, yes, it is what we agreed to. And if you do it, you do it right after the conclusion of that mediation meeting. Don't delay. Uh, you want to make sure that has been memorialized. All right. So those are the 12 steps. Now, one of the things that I want to talk about is a level three 
in conflict resolution. So in my previous podcast episode, I talked about level one and level two, right? Level one is where you provide coaching and guidance and mentorship to a complainant on how to resolve an issue with another party, whether it be their manager or coworker, vendor, supplier. Usually it's a manager. And sometimes that's successful, right? Sometimes it's not. The parties are not going to be at a readiness level, whether it be the complainant or sometimes you know the manager is not at the readiness level. You know that will not go well if an employee comes to them to try to work it out. Uh, They may not have a maturity level. They may not have the right level of leadership training. Nevertheless, they're not at the right readiness level. So then that's where the skip level two, or I mean, uh, the, the level two comes in and you sit down to mediate. Now, when we move on to a level three, this would be what I refer to as a skip level type of mediation meeting. A skip level meeting is where you involve the upper level leader. So that would be, let's say, Bob's boss. And let's say her name is Sarah. Well, why would you bring in Sarah? Well, sometimes um, managers like Bob, again, are not at a readiness level, but it also could be that the employee, if we're talking about the fictitious Ryan here, could be that Ryan really is uncomfortable being in the room with Bob. Uh, Let's say there's just a level of toxicity that has developed between these two that getting them in the room together at this point is probably not going to work. In that case, then, you want to step up a level. So that would be involving the upper level boss, Sarah. So you get involved and you explain, Sarah, I've been working with a situation here, let's say involving Ryan and, and Bob, and um, you know, there's just a, a fractured relationship here and I really need your involvement. And you can agree as the HR professional or employee relations or ethics to sit down together with Sarah and the employee, in this case, Ryan, and you can help to manage uh, this skip level mediation. But what you're doing is working a little bit more in tandem with the upper boss, Sarah. Sometimes you will have upper level leaders that are at a readiness level that they can do this. So essentially they handle it and you're out and you don't really have to be the mediator here at all. Uh, It's a matter of the employee just essentially going over Bob's head, having a skip level discussion and management using the chain of command and going to the upper level boss. Hey, that's a really good day. And to me, that is a better way to handle it. The more that we can keep HR and employee relations professionals out of these departmental issues and drama and (laughs) all this stuff, the better off we are. And I I would agree with that. But not every upper level leader has these skills either. And so that's where you sometimes have to do what I call a little bit of proverbial handholding, where you're going to have to really facilitate that skip level, uh, level three type of mediation meeting. Okay. This is, again, where you want to go back to what I said in my last podcast, where you want to learn a little bit more about the behavioral styles of the folks involved. In my last podcast, I talked about DISC, the DISC profile, and the D stands for dominance, I stands for influential, S is steadiness, and C is conscientiousness. This is um, based on the four quadrants of human behavior, and the DISC uh, behavioral instrument's been around a really long time, and I use it a lot in uh, my leadership training programs. And it can benefit you greatly as an HR or employee relations or ethics professional and even for managers and business owners. Why? Because it allows you to understand how you yourself communicate and are hardwired and how other people communicate and are hardwired. And when you're getting into um, a rather tense situation like this in a mediation discussion where there's evidently some level of conflict here, understanding how each parties react in a conflict scenario 
you know, that's that's helpful. Uh, you can anticipate where you might have a few trouble spots. You can even anticipate, especially someone who's a more dominant style, they tend to focus on trying to control the discussion. In knowing that ahead of time, if you know Bob tends to be a very dominant D style, you will know and be able to anticipate how he's going to react in that discussion. Conversely, if Ryan is more of a steadiness style and a more introverted type of employee, then you know that uh, we may have to go into this with a, a bit more of a compassionate tone, very soft approach, uh, because the steadiness style tends to really value harmony, as an example. Uh, but learning more about the four quadrants and understanding your style is really helpful. And you can certainly reach out if you'd like more information on that. You can just reach out to me, uh, send me an email, or just go to our contact page at rpchr.com or my other site, hr-investigations.com. Okay, so that brings us to the end of our podcast today. So bottom line is when we're dealing with these employees, employee relations issues and we're dealing with conflicts, we've got to try to work at the lowest level first, level one coach, mentor, guide, give capability to, for people to resolve the issues on their own. If that's not feasible, they're not at the readiness level, then you move into that mediation meeting. We covered the 12 steps today. You need to think about how to set this up, whether it be on a Zoom call or whether you're going to do it in a conference room. And please don't do this in your office. It needs to be a private place where you're not going to have any kind of interruptions. Then lastly, if um, necessary, it could be that you need to do a skip level meeting, involve the upper level leader. And if they're at a readiness level, great, let them take ownership of the issue. It is a departmental situation. And honestly, HR can be out of it. But if um, that leader is not really at the uh, readiness level to handle the conversation, then that's where you do the skip level mediation. All right. I'm going to go ahead and call it a day. I really want to thank all of you for joining me today on the HR Investigations podcast, and I look forward to having you back for another episode. See ya. Thanks for joining us today on the HR Investigations podcast. Be sure to subscribe, like, and share the show with any colleagues who will benefit from our strategies and solutions. For free bonus resources, simply visit hr-investigations.com. And remember, if you'd like some help with improving your investigative skills, or if your organization is in need of an external investigator to help with the case, please get in touch with us. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you in the next episode.